Not That German is a fun, insightful movie discussion podcast that may not be suitable for all listeners. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Meine Damen und Herren and everyone else, welcome to a Not That German, Not That Minisode with me, Al J. Nound. Adam Bento was out for the day, and when the German native speaker can't be here, but the neurodivergent American can be, what better way to use the resources available to us than to skip all the talk of old Hollywood and move straight on to discussing German words, phrases, and wasnicht? That last one's probably not right. Our regular programming will return soon. But for now, let's get German, y'all. Ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. I only understand the train station. This is a fun one with an interesting backstory. Just like its English version, it's all Greek to me. It's all Greek to me, we can date back to William Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar, where a conspirator, when asked what Cicero said about the titular Caesar, replied, it's all Greek to me. In other words, he didn't understand, since the conspirator only knew Latin, but Cicero was speaking Greek. It's a very literal origin for a very imprecise idiom that today means I don't understand, but with some emphasis. And yes, Shakespeare was a real person, he really existed, every conspiracy about how he was a fictional fabrication places undue doubt on his personage and unfair faith on the multitude of other figures it could be, resulting in shockingly and impossibly massive conspiracies that hinge one way or another on the fact that surely a man from such a middling background couldn't be the literary and cultural basis of everything in the English language. It must have been Francis Bacon or Christopher Marlowe or maybe the Queen of England. But he wasn't, and he was, and he is. And that's that. But that's It's All Greek to Me. Its counterpart, Ich verstehe nur Bahnhof, has a root that is much less divisive than Shakespeare's authenticity. That root is less problematic, less awful, less indicative of man's inhumanity to man. I'm talking, of course, about World War I. This phrase seems to have come about at the end of the First World War, when soldiers only wanted to hear Bahnhof, train station, as part of their orders, because that meant they were going home, they were getting discharged, they weren't stuck in the slog of disease and violence and endless, needless suffering. They didn't care what else their officer said, they only understood train station. There's a later explanation that in a crowded train station you can't hear the person you're talking to, you can only hear the buzz and noise of all the commotion going on, but that's not the original explanation, and that's not quite the point. Looking at the source material, it's all Greek to me simply means I don't understand. 
looking at Ich verstehe nur Bahnhof, we see something more. Soldiers waiting to go home, waiting to hear the words train station, didn't care what anything else was said. If you don't hear train station, then it's more of the same. More death, more destruction, more sleeping by the half of your friend that you can't remove from the trench without opening yourself up to sniper fire. Without train station, the order doesn't matter, because the order is in one way or another a continuation of death and despair. It's another charge, another artillery barrage, another command to put on your gas mask and ignore the choked screams of men who weren't as fast as you, weren't as lucky as you, weren't as blessed as you, with your trench foot rotting away in the standing water and the shell shock you need to man up out of, and the fear that your life may be thrown away at any instant by someone somehow in charge, but with no way to experience the consequences of their decisions. Someone a thousand miles away makes a choice, chooses action, inaction, ooh, a new military contract with a company that only makes tools of slaughter and so only makes money if the slaughter continues. And so you get to die on their whim and for their dime. And you are the lucky one. But if you hear Bonhof, all that changes. There's a glimmer of hope. A moment of joy. Something good is happening. You're being sent home. You hear Bonhof. You are ordered to live. Ordered to see your family. Ordered to escape the carnage. The train station means hope. Means life. Means change. Everything else is the same in one way or another. But Bonhof. That's the only word in the world that matters. To be clear... This isn't about selective hearing. This isn't like that scene in Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey asks Lauren Holly of NCIS and Dragon, the Bruce Lee story fame, what are the chances of them getting together? Like, one out of a hundred? And Lauren Holly responds, more like one out of a million. And Jim Carrey says, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's a fun comedy bit built upon misunderstanding the context of the scene. The humor lies essentially in Jim Carrey's character hearing what he wants to hear and not fully comprehending the logic of the interaction. Ich verstehe nur Bahnhof is... not that. This isn't hearing what you want to hear, finding only the bits that work for you, waiting for the magic word or phrase however it is used. This was a running gag in the TV show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where characters would say they love something, and the character besotted with that first character would hear, You love me. Again, it works for comedy, but it doesn't work for World War I. Bahnhof isn't sitcom shenanigans. It's the one thing that matters. The one thing that could maybe bring a smile to your face. Now, I'll admit, that's not the only thing that could bring a smile to your face when you're stuck in a trench at Passchendaele or a bullet away from mutiny at Verdun. Sure, if you find out that suddenly the war is over, here's some new shoes, let's hug it out. That would also bring a smile to your face. If you have a new, top-secret assignment that involves making passionate love to whatever preference of consenting adult you have, with as many other enjoyable vices you can muster in order to keep up your strength for king and country, or whatever, that would also put a smile on your face. 
If your friend who you saw destroyed by poorly calibrated friendly artillery suddenly showed up and said he wasn't killed, that was fake news, he was just method acting, but now he's got to be in the West End for his Sunday matinee, that would put a smile on your face. But none of these are going to happen. You're not going to drown and whine and ass the same way your friend isn't going to reattach his splattered body parts and get into makeup for Phantom. And the war isn't about to end unless it's 1059 on 111118. These aren't reasonable things to hope for. These aren't realistic chances to smile. These have zero chance of happening, or next to no chance of happening right now. But hearing Bonhoeff, hearing that you get to go home for a week, see your loved ones, deal with austere rationing, but deal with it in your own bed, in your own home, with people you care about, instead of in no man's land at the psalm, where a human life is worth less than the bullet which takes it, and the dead and dying are nothing more than age of empire statistics to the people who have control over life and death. Bonhoeff doesn't fix everything, but it's something. It's a start. It's time away from the carnage. It's a reason to smile. There was another mass shooting in the U.S. I don't even need to say which one. Whenever you listen to this, there's another mass shooting that just happened in the U.S. In this one, a lot of kids died. The police did worse than nothing. A lot of kids died. And while the slaughter of innocents was still ongoing, you saw the arguments forming. You saw the talking points developing. You saw abstract notions of freedom that sucked the cocks of our slave-owning, dysentery-ridden founding fathers who never even knew dinosaurs existed or that women won't lose their uteruses if they run a marathon. Instead of considering even looking at the gun crisis... They manipulate charts and graphs to make it look like knives are the most dangerous weapons today. They point the finger at the libs who are politicizing this tragedy instead of giving their thoughts and prayers. They want to arm teachers they don't trust with a livable wage or history or the acknowledgement of homosexuality. They want to lock all doors except for one. Turn our schools into prisons, hawk bulletproof backpacks. They say video games are the problem, or living with a single parent, or God not being in the schools. They say, quote, Society is being asked to adapt and adjust how we live around the mentally ill, not the other way around, which has led more and more mentally ill people being welcomed and encouraged to walk among the rest of us. As a society, we have become afraid to pursue initiatives that make the separation of the mentally ill from the public possible, afraid of being called insensitive or being accused of not having compassion. End quote. Yeah, you heard that right. A violent, compassionless teenager, brought up on the most toxic of rhetoric, buys assault weapons as soon as is legally possible and shoots up a school... And the answer is to implement redline eugenics on those who already have a whole lot going on in their own heads. But teachers who can't afford markers won't and shouldn't have to kill active shooters who were raised on active shooter drills. And the Second Amendment was written before the invention of shrapnel and breechloading, not to mention the military-industrial complex, AR-15s, and 4chan. 
and knives are only the deadliest weapon when you're Uhtred of Bebenber in 898 AD. And American Democrats in action, as a theo-fascistic minority strong-arms its way into power, is really fucking bad. But maybe it's okay to say shooting up a school is a bad thing? Maybe the entire point of a representative government is that we do politicize problems. We use the power we have to make shitty situations better by virtue of our voice. And anyone who's ever read any factory tragedy or fire marshal code knows that single points of entry are not actually a great way to lower deaths. And maybe chemically castrating people with depression or gassing schizophrenics isn't actually a good thing to do in any situation. And to be clear, no, the quote I gave did not suggest chemically castrating people with depression or gassing schizophrenics. But that's the next step. Conservatives are worried about a slippery slope. First you ban assault rifles, then you ban smoking, then you ban cheese, then you ban handguns, then you ban insurrectionists from holding office, then you ban long guns and the police, and then how will I have my freedom? But that's literally never happened. The slippery slope is not if you give a mouse a cookie. It's telling you that the mentally ill are dangerous, that you can't trust Muslims or Mexicans or whomever, that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. We start with this rhetoric, and it leads to more people dying, all while too many people are already dying unnecessary deaths. The U.S. obsession with guns is catastrophically fucked. This isn't me talking out my ass. This is a big part of my academic work right now. For those who've never experienced gun culture in the U.S., whether that's at a shooting range or in an active shooter drill or road rage or having to question if you can tell the person who cut in front of you at the store to fuck off and maybe risk them going to their car and coming back and shooting you because that was just the last straw for them that day, Or the obvious one, cops killing kids because they may have had a gun, but they were certainly black, and that's justification enough. You really don't know what it's like. Living in the U.S. is a traumatic experience. And I'm just talking about guns here, not everything else that is fucked. But living in the U.S. is traumatic. And guns aren't going to go away tomorrow. We have a long way to go before we return to car crashes being the leading cause of death in children, or there being more days in a year than mass shootings. That's a long way off. But it would be nice to hear, once, just once, instead of some coded message for how the gun lobby gave me millions of dollars, so I blame single mothers and Animal Crossing for the deaths of these children. Instead of that, we could hear some people say that this was unacceptable. That everything about this shooting was wrong. That you shouldn't be able to get an assault rifle and a thousand rounds of ammunition on an installment plan at the age of 18 after years of documented anger and violence. Or even without the anger and violence. We're not going to fix this problem today. But instead of all this shit that insects of death spew on the dime of their corrupting capitalistic sociopathic overlords, if just once they said this needs to stop, that would give me a glimmer of hope. I don't want to hear their shit about the Second Amendment and the police and thoughts and prayers. 
Fuck your thoughts and prayers. Fuck your thin blue line. Ich höre nix. Ich kriege nix. Ich verstehe nix. Ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. Give me the Bahnhof. Give me that word, that hope, that possibility for change. Because it won't fix everything, but it will stop some children from getting shot. It will give me hope that things can get better, that we may actually be able to do something good. With this Bahnhof, a universal condemnation of gun violence, I get to breathe just a little easier, knowing that there is the slightest glimmer of hope. Without this Bahnhof, death is certain. Horror is certain. Trauma is certain. Dead kids are certain. And increased gun sales are certain. And dead kids are certain. And dead kids are certain. And increased gun sales are certain. And dead kids are certain. I no doubt sound incredibly angry right now. Maybe this minisode isn't as fun as other minisodes or episodes. Maybe I need to tone it down with my insane radical rants. Maybe I need to go back to talking about Tom Hanks and musicals and how Barbara Streisand's nails make me uncomfortable, or how Jennifer Jason Lee in Bangs reminds me of my mom, and that's really fucking weird for me. We will return to that. We will. But I'm angry about dead kids. I'm allowed to be angry about dead kids. I'm allowed to be angry about people who value profits over lives, who don't actually care about people, they just care about enriching themselves. I'm allowed to be angry that the world is fucked and it's about to get a lot worse in a lot of really, really bad ways. I'm not saying the US is the world. I'm not that kind of American. I understand that this minisode was very US-centric. And that's not to ignore the rest of the world or say that American problems are bigger than other problems in the world. But the U.S. is the only place where this kind of shit happens. Kids die all over the world, but only in the U.S. are their deaths grieved for a news cycle and then ignored to go back to saying Joe Biden is a tired, godless communist. Teachers are underpaid all over the world. But only in the U.S. are they told they can't say gay, they can't force you to wear a mask, and they have to be the armed bodyguards of their students. Inflation and scarcity is hitting the world all over. But only in the U.S., as far as I know, is inflation happening at the same time as unprecedented corporate profits. The U.S. is not the world, but the U.S. is fucked. And I'm allowed to be angry about that. What do we do about anger? I can bottle it up. I can do something bad with it. I can do something good with it. I can do nothing and drown it out with memes and ice cream. But I'm tired of bottling it up. And I'm not going to do something bad with it. And I don't want to do nothing. I like my memes and ice cream. But as treats. Not as bread and circuses to distract me from the shit that will one day be unavoidable no matter where I live. The only option left is to do something good with it. With that, I say to my American friends, 
Strike. The U.S. is long overdue for a few mass labor strikes, but now you need to actually do it. Whether you're a teacher or a sandwich artist or a victim of the gig economy, you need to strike en masse. You are being killed by a government that does not care for you, killed by companies that do not care for you, killed by people who do not care for you. You are seen as collateral damage, whether that damage is caused by a gun, low wages, high hospital bills, a cop, or a collapsing bridge. Voting for change is not enough thanks to gerrymandering, voter suppression, and the right's refusal to acknowledge the veracity of the vote. Your government hears you, but chooses not to listen. Meanwhile, you die. America is not some grand, intangible idea you must sacrifice your life for. It is a place like any other, with people like any other. You do not serve your country, you serve a government. You do not deserve this treatment. Your government does not deserve you. Hit them where it hurts. Their profits. And let me be clear, I am only talking about a labor strike because that is the only legal avenue for change. I don't want people saying I said other shit because I'm not. Withhold your labor. Hurt their profits. Because you are valued at less than a dollar, though your value as a human is incalculable. Show the people in power that they cannot rule with riches and impunity. You are dying and suffering for shareholders, rather than living for yourself and your loved ones. Fight back the only way you legally can. The only way that is impactful. Strike. Skip work. Work is killing you anyway. You're worth more than your labor, but show those who provide none what happens when your labor is absent from the economy. Organize labor strikes. You have a voice, not because you are one, but because you are one of many. At this moment, there are people committing their lives to ending or controlling your life because they think they have the right and they will be better off for it. Don't give these people power. Don't give them the means of your own destruction. Strike. I don't want to hear any nonsense about how the company's a family. How can you do this after all we've done for you? Ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. I only understand that you're worth more than you're told. I only understand that you should tell your government how much you're worth. Forget the din of the train station. You are the train station. Make your country care about you. Spread the message. End the cycle. Strike. Morotiron. Pas enfant. Well, I said a lot today, and hopefully you got the important stuff. Hopefully it all made sense, and you verstehst nicht nur Bahnhof. I know this was a lot, and I thank you for listening. And I hope you use your anger, and your power, and your voice for good. Special thanks to PoFan for helping us compose our theme music. We'll get back to our regular episodes soon. In the meantime, thanks for being German with me. Check us out on Twitter at NotThatGerman or our NotThatGerman, NotThatFanClub Facebook page for updates to try and answer our hints, or maybe just to see cool stuff. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and spread the word. And we'll see you next time. Tschüss!
us 